The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. Like a rugged half-ton Tundra, workhorse by nature, power horse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to help fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. Plus, when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. That's buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. It is a tremendous football Thursday. It is You Better You Bet. It is Nick Costos. It is Ken Barkley. And it is you here with us on the BetQL Network, simulcast by our friends at Stadium for the next two hours. And we got two hours of badass wagertainment coming your way, getting you set to bet and win this weekend on the National Football League. We'll also talk bowl games in college football. We'll have some great guests along the way to help us do that. Our friend Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast will stop by in just a moment. Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Bet Spurts in 20 minutes. All of Connor's props for Week 16 in the NFL. And next hour, we'll be joined by our friend Joseph A. Kanish, a.k.a. Joey Kanish. He'll give us college football bowl bets and his bets for this weekend in the National Football League. Evan Silva from Establish the Run joins us later in the show in the final hour, the power hour of the program, which will also feature all our bets for tonight, including side total and props, Thursday night football in Los Angeles with the Saints and the Rams. 40 minutes from now, we'll get back to our NFL award conversation. We'll talk Christian McCaffrey, an NFL most valuable player, and fold in offensive player of the year, a two-man race there with McCaffrey and Tyree Kill, and we'll continue talking all the awards in the National Football League. But joining us right now to kick off the fun and frivolity here in our stadium two hours on a tremendous football Thursday is our pal Adam Chernoff, host of the Simple Handicap Podcast. It is a great daily NFL betting podcast that we encourage all our listeners and viewers to check out the simple handicap find it wherever you find your podcasts Adam also does great work for our friends at right angle sports and they have an app the right angle sports app free to download featuring insight and commentary from pro bettors on everything happening in the NFL churn is on Twitter at Adam Chernoff and he's not on video today because apparently he's like on vacation or something like during football season what a life churn welcome to the show it's Nick and Ken how's it going 
It's going well. Definitely not on vacation. Uh, much more unpleasant than that, but it is uh, the first audio-only appearance, so um, bear with me as hopefully the sound quality holds up. Uh, it's totally fine, Adam, and I appreciate you still making time to join us, obviously, and we're around Christmas holiday and New Year's as well, too. Uh, you usually have some some pretty interesting thoughts on the Thursday night game. We obviously usually have you on on Thursday. Sometimes it could be a, a prop or just something that you're thinking about, like an angle that you want to play in the game and the people that you talk to, kind of what they're interested in. So the market for the game right now, Rams 4 and 45. The total has kind of been bouncing around all week, got that up, and now come back down uh, money on the under today. But the Rams have basically been four-point home favorites throughout. Can be a thought on the side or total, or I know, you know, you and Nick sometimes will compare notes on props to anything interesting to you about tonight's game. Ken, no thoughts on the side, but I'll talk about the total for a little bit because it was really the theme kind of behind a lot of bets that I made last week. There's some similar spots this week. And so what I've noticed over the last basically two weeks uh, coming into this one is there's a whole bunch of teams in the NFC FC that are kind of jammed up for these final couple wild card spots. And these games where two teams in that same spot within the conference have faced each other have played much different than what the baseline for the season leading up to the game has been for both of the teams. And what we've seen as a result is a is wild contenders playing each other now are just flying over the total because you're getting teams showing much more desperation. You're getting different late game play calling. If a team is behind, you're seeing them chase a lot more than they typically do. And even when teams have leads, they're not just sitting on them as well, like we've seen some of the teams do. So all of these games are really seeing an uptick in scoring. This is the first one of this group of about six or seven games the last two weeks that has a higher total because it's the first one we've seen where we actually know what's going on at the quarterback position for both teams. But I still think this game indoors with this matchup, I think the Saints defense is really quite overrated based on the quarterbacks they faced recently. I think the Rams defense is easily gettable too, and Olave's back for the Saints. So I think this follows trend and we see both of these teams a little bit more explosive than we're used to, and we see this play over the total. Um, is it my favorite of this group of games the last couple of weeks? But I still think we see points. Churn, do me a favor. Just like where you're standing right now, the, the reception was great. We lost you a couple times there early in the answer, but then for like the vast majority towards the end was great. So if you wouldn't mind, just like where you are right now, that the reception is very good. Um, so Adam on the over in this game tonight. Um, do you have a, a prop for us, Churn? Usually you come on video for a couple, and you and I like chat about it for a couple of minutes. We haven't had the chance to do that. Do you have a favorite yardage prop for the game tonight or a touchdown prop? And if not, we can turn our attention to the games coming up Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. I don't have a current number on it at the moment. I've been away from the screen for a couple hours, but the Derek Carr passing yards uh, over was one that I was looking at. And so I'm not sure where it currently stands. Nick, you might have the number there, but I really think that he finds success with Olave back against this Rams defense. Uh, two thirty-five and a half. Adam is the the number is, uh, and we can. This could be a really quick answer. Adam is two thirty-five, like kind of the range that you saw too. Before we move on to another game. Yeah, anything better than 240 on that car over. Okay, so over on uh, Derek Carr passing yards, pretty good there. Uh, why don't we start talking about some of the games coming up this weekend? I just did a lot on Thursday Night Football and some good stuff there. I, I like have to get your thoughts, obviously, on Niners and and, uh, and Ravens probably to start. Nick and I already talked about this in the first hour, a lot of applications to MVP. Like, does, Is this how Brock Purdy just wins? Is that if the Niners win this game, he wins most valuable player? What happens if they lose? Does Lamar win to somebody else? 
Nick and I both like the Niners in this game. We don't mind laying the points five, five and a half in the market right now, Adam, and the total is 47. Uh, any thoughts, side total, or, or if you have props here, obviously that's great too. I have not bet anything, but here's kind of my thought process here and what I find quite interesting. So two weeks ago, there was uh, a note that came out from a pretty respected reporter within the betting space, and he interviewed a number of different odds makers at like top sports books that dictate the market. And that sort of column that was written said that those odds makers collectively thought that the Niners were five points better on a neutral field than any other team in the NFL. And so this is interesting because we're starting to see this sort of earlier in the week when it was five and a half and leaning towards six was kind of getting into that range, which two weeks ago I thought was a little bit crazy, but now kind of coming to fruition and just kind of shows how the 49ers are just playing so well and rated so high. I, I, I just look at it and I can't quite get there. I know a couple other betters that I speak with. They had this around three, 3.25 on a neutral field, which would make this a little bit short. But my problem is if I'm like, I wanted to like the Ravens, but their offense without Andrews and now uh, with losing Keaton Mitchell, who was the big explosive guy they had, I just I find it really clunky within the passing game. There's just not a lot of fluidity to the offense, and that worries me a little bit for Baltimore, and I just don't trust them. And so, uh, to me, I think the number's right on the side, the total as well. I was trying to find a way to like Baltimore, but I couldn't get there. And But it sure is interesting to see how the Niners are taking on this much-respected market because this is quite a price to be laying against the Ravens. You better, you better. You're Nick and Ken. Tremendous football Thursday. Great to have on the show right now. Our pal Adam Chernoff from the Simple Handicap Podcast and Right Angle Sports. Churn is on Twitter at Adam Chernoff, talking week 16 in the NFL. All right, Churn, maybe we'll, we'll get to Cowboys-Dolphins specifically as we move along in this spot. But uh, let's get your favorite look right now. Could be a side, could be a total. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Your favorite side or total bet for week 16 in the NFL is what and why? Favorite bet right now is Browns Texans over. Um, the last that I saw before I left was 40 or 40 and a half. I think it's good 42 or less. And I think everyone's going to get a pretty comfortable number if they're listening to this at the moment. Uh, again, it, it fits this mold like we were talking about with Thursday night football, but these AFC games with these low totals with quarterback uncertainty have just been flying over. And it's because there's so many teams tied at seven and seven, eight and six, right in this window where they're they're fighting for the wild card spots, and we're seeing pass rates. Cleveland's a perfect example. With Flacco, has gone through the roof, went from one of the lowest to now one of the highest. With him, he's able to navigate around these offensive line issues because they're just throwing the football so much. Then you have the Houston Texans littered with defensive injuries. They just played an overtime game, and so I expect Cleveland to move the football. But the Browns' defense, not only is it significantly worse on the road, but they've been weather-assisted and aided in the last couple of games and have looked a little bit worse at home. And now they're going on the road again where they've struggled. It's an indoor game, and it's going to be most likely Keenum throwing against this Browns' defense, which is down multiple starters in the secondary. And now they're missing at least likely two pass rushers up front. So to me, it's another game of many that I've just kept – betting the last couple of weeks and this is another one that i think uh flies over the total so anything better than 42 on this one uh is is a good look to the over but i believe current price is 40 and a half 
Yeah, I think uh, it'll be inter- this is that's a really interesting angle to track like this week and next week because we're going to get a lot more of those cross matches with like teams that are involved. In There's so many teams that are alive for AFC and NFC wildcard spots. And that'll probably be true next week, too, almost no matter what the results are. Uh, Adam, I, I do want to ask you about Cowboys, Dolphins and obviously like a, a ton of injury uncertainty in this game maybe makes it difficult to have like a really strong betting take. Tyreek Hill does practice today. So like I think trending toward like maybe he plays, maybe Teron Armstead plays. We'll see about the defensive players. And then for the Cowboys, like might have cluster injuries on the offensive line that could end up impacting this game. So the the spread has actually been interesting because if I tell you, if I told you yesterday, Tyreek's gonna play, like let's say I just say that, I mean, you'd assume the Dolphins get bet out. I mean, one, one and a half point favorites. That's not what's happened. It's kind of like a, a myriad of injuries for both teams. It's kind of a pick market right now. Maybe Dolphins minus one as we wait to hear the status of like so many of the key players, including Tyreek Hill. Just maybe a thought on this game. I should mention the total is 50 as well. Yeah, no thoughts on the total, but side-wise, I like Dallas in this game. I think it's going to come down to two things specifically. The first is going to be, uh, is Dan or is Dan Quinn willing to change his defensive style? Because the Cowboys play a ton of man. And if you're throwing a lot of man coverage against the Dolphins, especially with how aggressive these corners play, you're going to get burned. And so I think he's going to adjust and show something different to the Dolphins that he hasn't shown all season. I think it's going to be forced, and that's going to make a difference. I think the second thing is how much pressure can this pass rush for Dallas get up front against this Dolphins offensive line? And I know Miami kind of got away with all those injuries last week against the Jets, but I think they're really going to be tested by this Cowboys pass rush, and we've seen Tua's performance really take a dip when he's faced top pass rushes. And so I really think that that's going to matter. And the one issue that was really significant for Dallas last week against Buffalo, don't get me wrong, there were many, uh, but Hankins' absence within the middle of the defensive line really allowed Buffalo to run between the tackles and have a ton of success all game. Miami, first of all, is primarily an outside zone running team. So it's going to require them to do some shifting within their run game that we haven't seen them do a lot this season if they want to take advantage of that big injury that I, I hear in media is kind of just being assumed is going to be a problem again. I don't think it will be. And to me, this market price, a lot of the – the I think it should have been much more of a Buffalo upgrade, which we saw in the market against the Chargers. The Bills number went way up. But I think that the, the Cowboys – kind of get a little bit of a pass from me because of that flu situation they had last week at Buffalo. I know they got killed, but now second road game, kind of everyone's back. Hell, you're not dealing with that situation that was there last week, which I think was a big impact. And we're kind of seeing this price move quite a bit towards Miami from where it would have opened based on market ratings a week ago. Um, So I like the Cowboys in this matchup. I think that defense looks different and, and shows really well up front. Churn, we have about a minute to go here for anything else that you like this weekend. Week 16 in the NFL, a side, a total, a prop thought for any of the games coming up this weekend. Anything else you like here? We have about 60 seconds for the answer. Uh, I'll, I'll keep it really quick. There's two that stand out to me. The first, and you have to wait probably until late Saturday afternoon. I like the Chargers. Uh, wait and see if you can get a 13 again on that one. I think the Bills are going to take money in the standalone game, but it's just the coaching reset spot. There's been two other ones. They've worked out very well. It's just a spot and an angle that I like, so I'll take the Chargers in that game, but wait and see what comes later. And then the Falcons at less than a field goal. Painful, Nick. I know I <laughs> were on them last week, and it was a brutal watch. 
but I'm sticking with the Falcons one last time this season and I got to have it spot at home. I think this Colts run kind of takes a bump in the road here. They've got pretty fortunate the last few weeks, but uh, this is the all in effort for Atlanta. So it's, it's a tough one, but uh, I got to do it at less than a field goal. I'll, I'll say this about churn known him for a number of years now, always even keel. This past Sunday, Churn and I texting about uh, while the Falcons game is going oh, on against no. Carolina, and uh, so I I wouldn't say Churn was like like tilt the way like I tilt, but that's as emotional as I as I've seen Churn as animated as I've seen him get over text messages. That's what Arthur Smith will do to you, Churn. Fantastic job as always on the show, man. We love having you. It's been great having you this season. Looking forward to doing it throughout the postseason as well. Wishing you and your family, my friend, a very Merry Christmas. Hope you guys have a great holiday weekend. Good luck with the bets. Safe travels. We'll catch up with you next week. Likewise to both of you. Enjoy the weekend. Appreciate you. Let me get by without the video, and we'll chat to you next week. <laughs> well, you better be on video next week because <laughs> I, I, I enjoy our chats. Yeah. Right. <laughs> our yeah, pal Adam exactly. off here on uh, on You Better You Bet. Uh, you just typed in the chat, Ken, that Minnesota's getting bet pretty heavily right now for the game on Sunday at home against the Lions. Yeah, I'll, I'll be curious. I don't think it's going to come all three right now, but now a lot of threes in the market are now juiced toward Minnesota, which is pretty interesting in that game. Great. Let me bet two and a half with Detroit, please. And thank you. Uh, Connor Allen joins us next. Connor will give us all his favorite prop bets for Week 16 in the NFL, including Thursday Night Football tonight. Purdy operating out of the gun. Every play on this drive has been a run until this throw. And it's Debo Samuel. Touchdown, San Francisco. Brock Purdy. Perfect. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ian Eagle with the call. It says, yeah, Brock Purdy's really good. Debo Samuel, really good. Uh, Ken and I would like for them both to be really good on Monday night. <laughs> for, 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 for the end Christmas on really a good note. Good. With the, uh, yeah, like really, as, really good. Or the or Baltimore like to be bad. Could be either one. Yeah. Honestly, both. both options are great. Right. Both options are great, in which case I'll I'll be eating lots of milk and cookies, which will be really awesome. Um, Speaking of which, there are now... And, and, thank, and thanks to some people, perhaps on the show, I've got I've got some some confectionery treats in my home, and uh, I gotta tell you, I'm feeling like Fat Boy Winters. It's it's here, Fat Boy for for, for oh, your boy. I'm here. like at the oh. end of the arc. Oh, I'm I'm way over. Like I'm like I, yeah, this is like it's it's so bad that I'm already like like I'm excited about January first to be like I gotta get this stuff the hell out of here. Like I'm almost done. Like I got, it's been like a month of just outrageous, outrageous gluttony. <laughs> just like really, and, really crazy. And now it's like we're, and now like every time like my my wife sees someone that she hasn't seen in a while, it's like, oh, like you're pregnant. Congratulations! Here's like a Here's box of homemade brownies. It's right, like yeah. what? Like what, what is the goal? So that like that I look like I'm pregnant also. Like is that <laughs> yes. the goal here? Like I, yes, I don't that's understand. The or the idea that in like solidarity? Well, you're eating for two. Be like, yeah, now now I'm eating cake for two, apparently, and like and various other things. I gotta tell you, man, I'm, I'm way too vain for this. Um, 20 minutes from now, Ken and I will keep talking NFL awards. We'll talk Christian McCaffrey, an MVP and Offensive Player of the Year. Tyree Kill will get to the rest of the awards as well. Joey Kanish joins us next hour to give us college football bets and NFL bets for the weekend. Evan Silva joins us in the Power Hour. And in the Power Hour, Ken and I will give you all our bets for tonight, including Saints and the Rams. But joining us right now, as he does every Thursday in the spot, is our good buddy Connor Allen from 4 for 4 and Betsperts and his podcast his NFL betting podcast Move the Line featuring friends of you better you bet 
Ryan Noonan. Shout out to our guy Noonan. And John Daigle, who like fancies himself like a television star at this point. God bless him. Connor is on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. That I don't know if that sounded like it was like a shot at Daigle. I love Daigle. It was meant to be like a, <laughs> it was meant to be like a poking a good fun on TV all the time. I guess. No, I, yeah. So let me let me let me rectify that. I love Daigle. That's me like poking Daigle because he's really he's doing really well right now. And God, and we hope it continues for Daigle. Connor on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Welcome back to the show, my friend. Uh, Merry early Christmas. Happy holidays to you and the family. Appreciate it. Yeah, I think I mean Daigle can take it. He's a tough guy, so I'm not I'm not too worried about that. You know, a couple jabs here and there. It's all it's all friendly, at least you know for the most part. I think so. Um, no, it's it's I'm excited to break down the slate. I mean, this is what what I consider like a a family housebreaking ruining slate here, considering the spread of the games here with. You know, a game on Thursday, multiple games on Saturday, games on Sunday, which is Christmas Eve. And then we have a game on Monday as well, or games on Monday too. It's, it's I mean, just complete disaster in my mind on terms of the spread. But for casual fans, it'll be awesome. You can just pick up and watch a football game like at any time. But for people who are like, you know, grinding props or grinding sides and totals, like it's uh, kind of a nightmare in my mind. Yeah, we, Nick and I were talking before the show, Connor and... I was like, yeah, you know, we were talking about like the one o'clock games coming up on Sunday. And I go, look, like there, there are literally two holidays a year where I tell my wife, like, I'll go with you to mass, like no problem, Christmas Eve and Easter. And like at the ones, it's literally going to be like, it's time for the witching hour. And be like, honey, get in the car. Time, it's almost time for that. Just like, oh, oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, housebreaking, to use your word. Hopefully we don't have any houses break uh, this weekend. But uh, what, do you, what do you do on Christmas night with the Niners and the Ravens? Connor, we, we've had... A guest on the show, Nick and I have talked about the game, basically like a unanimous consensus opinion on the Niners that uh, nobody really willing to give Baltimore a shot in the game. That doesn't not really predictive of anything. Just we all kind of like the Niners. Where do you come down on this one? Yeah, I kind of agree. And I, I fully understand that we're basically buying high on the team that's like almost at the top of their market here with the Niners. But it's just tough for me when I break down this matchup more in depth, like for me to envision a, a ton of spots for Baltimore to have success here, especially their defense. Their defense has largely been great, but I think a lot of that's been schedule fueled. I mean, they played against, you know, uh, they played against Stafford and the Rams and they you've struggled at times. Deshaun Watson had some success against them when he was playing with the Browns. I mean, they played really well against Detroit, but that was basically a road game for the Lions and Detroit's home road splits are pretty pronounced. Houston in week one, they played really well. But again, this is like the first game for a rookie against what I consider to be a good Ravens defense. I'm just not sure if they're quite as elite as what the numbers say here. And if we look at the key here offensively for San Francisco, I think it's going to be the running game against Baltimore right now. 13th in pressure rate. 11th DBA per play against uh, the run, 15th in explosive run rate, and 17th in its success rate. So, like, they're just about average in most most metrics on the ground. And I think that's a big problem against San Francisco because if you can't stop the ground game, I think that opens up a lot more for them to do, uh, you know, offensively as well. And then on the other side, you know, I have, I have some confidence that Lamar and the Ravens offense get something done here, but Lamar's pressure splits are a pretty big concern. And, you know, if San Francisco is able to, you know, get some pressure on him, like that could make, you know, it even harder for them to move the ball. So, you know, I, I like the Niners here at minus five and a half in this spot. Uh, and I know, it's, again, like everyone's saying it, but I don't know, it's just my handicaps leading me there. So going to take it. Oh, Nick, you're muted. So I'll just I'll I'll add Connor as as Nick gets his mic unmuted here for a to, second. To be fair, just, to be to be yes. fair, everyone on the show last week, everyone on the show on last Buffalo. week loved loved Buffalo yeah, and the Bills won thirty one ten. So so right. hope, hey, hopefully we're able to it. continue that this week with the San Francisco. Oh, and, and now we oh and now we lost everybody. 
Jalen Warren, Cincinnati, uh, Pittsburgh running back, has been in the news this week, obviously, with George Pickens failing to block for him down by the goal line of that game against uh, against the Colts this past weekend. So maybe we get a good Jalen War- Warren effort coming up this weekend as Pittsburgh hosts the Cincinnati Bengals. will be without Jamar Chase. Mason Rudolph will start here for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Connor, any bets for you for Jalen Warren and the Steelers hosting the Cincinnati Bengals? Yeah, I really like Jalen Warren's outlook uh, this week. I mean, he saw a season high 55% of the backfield touches last week. Now draws the Bengals, who are allowing over four and a half yards per carry, 27th in explosive run rate, 28th in rushing success rate. And that was before they lost their run stuffing defensive tackle, DJ Reader, who in 109 snaps without DJ Reader so far, they're allowing over five and a half yards per carry. And I think with Mason Rudolph at quarterback, I think we see them lean even more on the run in neutral or positive game scripts. I guess my concern and where I'm attacking this is I like the rushing receiving over for Jalen Warren because I think Rudolph could be good for a pick six, you know, some fumbles, who knows how consistent he is. So if you're taking the rushing receiving, I think you get a little bit of a higher floor here um, for this offense. And like, if they fall behind, then, you know, you're not totally dust on the rushing prop here. And he's coming off Warren is coming off a season high and route participation at 83% and had a 28% uh, targets per route run rate. So I think that like that kind of just helps the floor here and the match was fantastic. So uh, give me Jalen Warren over, I believe 68 and a half rushing receiving is current line. Connor, we, we talked a little bit about the the Packers Panthers game earlier this week, and <laughs> like my my one like memory of this game, or my one like the thing that I think about with this game now is just the Eddie Pinheiro call we played coming out of break, Connor, which is like Eddie Pinheiro of Nicaraguan descent, like the first kicker. It's like on the game winning field goal attempt. Like, what are we talking about? I understand. Anyway, the Panthers <laughs> were off that game of that that barn burner against Atlanta, where Desmond Ritter throws the game away. It's played in a driving rainstorm. This is not really probably going to be like that. Weather probably okay in Carolina. The Packers, a five-point road favorite uh, at Bryce Young and the Panthers, total 37 and a half. Uh, Are we going back to the well on Carolina here after, like, I guess their best performance of the year last week? Yeah, I mean, I am. It's, it's one of those plays that's super gross. Like it's, you know, you need to take a shower after after placing this. But it's one of those things where I'm talking about, I'm talking about a team that also, will be able to run the ball. Also, you also take a shower after, after your household dissolves because you're losing money on <laughs> right. Christmas Day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, not quite the housebreaking play here, but I think it's it's the gross play. Um, no, but I, I, you're looking at a team in Carolina that's going to run the ball and Green Bay allowing over five yards per carry to opposing running backs right now. So like at its core, I think they'll be able to move the ball on the ground. Hopefully Bryce Young can play a little bit better, you know, continue to play better offensively. And then on the other side, this Panthers defense has been like sneakily been playing like way, way better as of late. I mean, we're looking at a team that hasn't allowed more than 202 passing yards since their week seven by like literally 5.8 yards per attempt to CJ Stroud, Dak Prescott, like, Plenty of other quarterbacks in there. Uh, have Only one of them has eclipsed 200 passing yards, and that was Baker Mayfield at 202. So I don't expect like a massive you know, output here for Jordan Love in the passing game, especially if you know the receiving core is a little bit banged up here. So I don't know. I'm thinking of kind of a lower scoring affair with uh, Carolina having success on the ground, keeping the game close here. So I, I like plus five. And again, it's gross, but I like it. <laughs> Yeah, it's a great way to spend your Christmas Eve through three hours rooting on Price Young at the Carolina Panthers. It's the witching hour where marriages become divorce and families become broken. Can't wait for it. You better you bet with Nick and Ken here on the Thursday. Connor Allen is our guest from 4 for 4 in Bedsperts on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Connor, um, all it took to get Terry McLaurin going last week against the, uh, the LA Rams was Sam Howell getting benched. Here comes Jacoby Brissett, and uh, wow, like, wow, what, what, what a shock, a novel concept. Throw the ball to Terry McLaurin and good things happen. Sam Howell will at least start this game for Washington, probably on a short leash. I'm on the road at the Jets. What are your expectations for that Washington offense and scary Terry on Sunday at that beautiful MetLife Stadium? 
Yeah, I think that Sam Howell's le leash is almost certainly short, but it's interesting because Eric Bieniemy and uh, you know Ron Rivera don't really seem to see eye to eye on this because the quotes that I'm seeing from Eric Bieniemy are like, "Oh, I'd love to have the kid back next year as my starter. Like he's doing really well, like super encouraging." Whereas Ron Rivera was kind of like, "Yeah, like we needed to make a change. We needed to protect him because like you know he was so bad that like people could have gotten hurt out there. You know, based basically what he was saying." And so. I, I think that his leash is pretty short. His props at 213, though. It's like already pretty well adjusted for that. So I like to play it as McLaurin's under here. Looking at 51 and a half receiving yards because the matchup here against the Jets, he runs almost the majority of his routes on the outside, like 90 plus percent, which means he's going to get the Jets outside corners, who are some of the best in the league. And before he catching two Jacoby Brissett bombs, I mean, 0, 50, 43, and 33 receiving yards were his previous, you know, four weeks games here. Now he has the toughest matchup. So, you know, I, I lean towards the under here uh, pretty heavily for McLaurin. And I think there's a good bit of value, especially with some QB uncertainty. Like we could also see Sam Howell be a little bit more conservative because he doesn't want to get yanked, uh, you know, after last week. So, yeah, I like the under here for McLaurin. Connor, uh, obviously we'll, we'll get to your other favorite prop bets coming up for this weekend for a couple minutes. Anything on, on Thursday night's game, on tonight's game real quick? We didn't open with that. We did some of your other favorite bets instead, like the like the Niners, which which we all love. Uh, Rams, four. There, worth noting there are a couple four and a halfs on the board now, and the total remains 45. Uh, it sort of, I think we've had opinions that are kind of all over the place on this game. I'm not even really sure what I'm going to bet sidewise. Kind of turns my brain into a pretzel here, but whether it's a prop or something else. Anything on tonight's game? Yeah, I don't have a ton. I think a fun way to play it would be like Alvin Kamara alternate receiving yards overs. So if basically if the Saints fall behind, like they've had like no passing volume the last few weeks because they haven't had to. But if the Saints fall behind, I mean, it's basically just Olave, who I don't think is 100%, and then Alvin Kamara, who's still been pretty involved in the receiving game. But like in games where they're underdogs, especially, you know, in this spot, like he's averaged 50 receiving yards and his prop is at 30. So it's basically one of those things where maybe you put together the same game parlay, kind of correlating those, like, you know, I don't know, like Rams, uh, like alts or something like that, minus six and a half. And then like Kamara 50 plus receiving yards, probably get a great price on it. But uh, I, I don't know if I love the regular prop because again, if they keep it close, like it's not quite as much juice there. So that's probably the only way I'm looking at this game right now. Cause I, and there's a lot of uncertainty on both sides. All right, Connery, we got some runway here. You got a couple minutes to lay out the rest of the bets that you really like for Week 16 in the NFL. These could be, we obviously love your prop thoughts. You got any sides and totals that you really like also? Lay them on us here. You got a couple of minutes here to roll. Sweet. Yeah, it's it's kind of a light size and totals week for me, but I, I do like some Raheem Mostert overs. We just saw James Cook absolutely dominate here. I think if Miami's going to try to, I don't know if they're going to be super successful on the ground, uh, at least relative to what we saw in Buffalo, but I do think that Mostert's going to see the majority of the work here. Uh, a fun one, I think Gabe Davis overs and alternate overs could be interesting here. I'm not really buying the Buffaloes all of a sudden just like some super, super run-heavy team after one week of them just pounding the ball. I think that was very matchup-specific here. So what are his I think alt overs this week, like like eight yards? Because he's like airballed the last couple <laughs> weeks. No, like I like the thought because like when he when he blows up, he goes for like 150 yards. So I'm with you. It's like zero or 150, so I 30. like the all thought. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, his prop's yeah. only 30, so you're taking like 60-plus. I mean, like that's going to be like pretty heavily catch. juiced. You'll get some nice payouts. Yeah, exactly, and it's one catch for him. So I think we see Buffalo throw it a little bit more against a Chargers defense that's gotten exposed deep basically all season. So I think so. that's a fun one. Uh, Chuba Hubbard overs, we already talked about that a little bit. I just think the matchup's awesome. He's been seeing all the work ever since they you know, got rid of Frank Reich. Aaron Jones carryovers. I mean, he only played half the snaps, but basically saw all the work. Uh, and that was with him like banged up on a snap count. LaFleur before the game apparently told someone, oh, he's only going to see you know 15 to 20 plays. And then he ends up getting like 13 carries, eight carries in the first drive, and like is basically you know their their primary guy. So I think another week off, AJ Dillon still banged up. Uh, should see a ton of work there. 
Devin Singletary carry and rushing overs, I think, are both extremely interesting as well. Then you can play some Jerry Judy unders in this spot. Um, you know, the matchup's not uh, amazing for him. And, he, you know, he's been way worse against man defense. And I think that we're seeing this spot here. Also could be a snow game. Who knows? Jerry Judy, I don't think, has enough grit to power through the snow. So, you know, going to take look, take a look at the under there <laughs> as well. That, that, was, that, right. part, that part was a joke. But, yeah. but the, but the, the actual part. Uh, the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Grit level is negative for Jerry Judy. But uh, Jerome Ford, I think, under as well. Um, you know, this is a tough matchup here. As well on the ground against Houston, allowing the lowest yards per carry in the league. What was the um the phrase that you used at the beginning of the interview? Not like uh, what Christmas <laughs> was going to be like, like or like, uh, yeah something like. <laughs> what is the uh, which game is like the house breaking game of the weekend in the NFL? In like ten seconds. <laughs> the, the house breaking game of the weekend. I mean, it's got to be Dallas Miami, right? I, I, I think it's well, very controversial. Well, I, I was going to say I agree with Ken because I'm factoring yeah. in like. Like Broncos Patriots is like the standalone Christmas Eve game where like you losing money on that game and you're tilting around your family like yeah. you, you you might have a problem you're watching in more ways game. than one. Period. Yes, you got, Christmas you got Eve. That's a good point. That's a good point. I, 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 I love I, it. And I love. I don't think I can do it. Uh, maybe Connor can. Connor Allen NFL on Twitter. Four for four bets, Burts, and the Move the Line Pod, my friend. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Stay well. Good luck. We'll talk to you next week. Sounds good, guys. Talk soon. Come coming up next, Ken and I. We keep the household and the family together. We talk NFL MVP and offensive player of the year on You Better You Bet. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by Bet MGM. On the BetQL Network. 49ers trying to add to their lead. Purdy. Fires over the middle. Touchdown, McCaffrey. Welcome back to You Better You Bet, brought to you by BetMGM with Nick Costos and Ken Barkley on the BetQL Network. Ian Eagle, getting a lot of run on the show today, which is uh, which is awesome because Ian's the absolute best. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, great season for him, great season for Purdy and the San Francisco 49ers. We hope it continues on Monday night with a win and a cover against the Baltimore Ravens for our bets. But what about award markets here? What about Christian McCaffrey, Offensive Player of the Year? What about Christian McCaffrey, most valuable player. Um, we touched on a lot in the first hour of the show, this is for our stadium audience, on not just NFL most valuable player in Brock Purdy, but also NBA most valuable player with Tim Bontemps, his straw poll from ESPN. Tim Bontemps, otherwise best known for replacing the great Pat Reichardt at the New York Post. So shout out to him. Uh, Bontemps with Joel Embiid as uh, number one in the uh, the MVP voting in the straw poll. Embiid now the favorite at BetMGM. If you want all our analysis and commentary on NBA MVP and NFL MVP, you got to check out uh, the show in podcast form. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcasts to get that information. Joey Kanish will join us next hour on the show. All our bets for tonight, power hour, final hour, including the Rams and the Saints on Thursday night football. But Jake, bring the music up here. And Ken, let's get let's get to it here with Christian McCaffrey. And this will be both a, uh, it'll be twofold, right? Both McCaffrey for NFL Most Valuable Player and now his candidacy for Offensive Player of the Year, where thanks to Tyreek Hill missing last week's game, the 30 to nothing Dolphin shutout win over the Jets, coupled with McCaffrey just going nuclear against the Arizona Cardinals. McCaffrey now the favorite in that market for the first time in a while. So Offensive Player of the Year, Ken, McCaffrey minus 155 at BetMGM. Tyreek Hill now plus 110, plus money on Tyreek after he missed last week's game. And McCaffrey in the MVP market, the third choice behind his teammate Brock Purdy and Lamar Jackson, CMC seven to one Ken to win Most Valuable Player. So let's uh let's talk about Christian McCaffrey, Tyree Kill as well, MVP, Offensive Player of the Year. 
yeah, it uh, certainly seems like all the outcomes are possible um, in, in regards to both. Not, I wouldn't say likely with MVP with Christian McCaffrey, but it certainly seems like all the outcomes are possible. And just that, like, it it can't, like, it's, these things can all happen. I, I, you know, we did NBA most valuable player. Like, Jason Tatum's not going to win. I don't think, I think Giannis is a zero. I think Luke is almost a zero. Like, these are, to me, like, I'm proceeding like these are certainties. There's no no certainty in Offensive Player of the Year. It, it will be decided in the next few games. And so, you know, it's not like the market has it wrong or there's something crazy going on. So, like, I, the crazy thing is there's there's a world where Christian McCaffrey can win both awards. Because if he's MVP, he almost has to be Offensive Player of the Year. There's also a world, though, where he's MVP, but Tyreek Hill breaks 2,000 yards and he's Offensive Player of the Year. There's also a world where McCaffrey, McCaffrey wins neither award, and it's Brock Purdy and Tyreek Hill. And McCaffrey's like the awesomest player ever to win neither, or something like that. And it's like all very, like there's only one winner. So it just, it all gets pretty interesting pretty fast. Um, I think what I would just remind people, like, I, I think I said what I said about Purdy and MVP and like, yeah, it seems like it's, this is where we're headed. Um, at the same time, like I think two things can be true at the same time. Uh, the first thing can be that, that we seem like we're headed toward him winning most valuable player. The second thing though, can be, let's just like also acknowledge that this is likely the time when opinion of Purdy and McCaffrey versus everyone else is going to be at like an all time high because they had the best possible game ever and everyone else had the worst possible game ever. Josh Allen bricked, Dak bricked, Tyreek Hill didn't play. Like it just like Lamar didn't put up a lot of numbers, but they won. Like we are very likely to feel as good about the Niners players as we will the entire season at this exact moment. And that can continue, but it actually, it can never be better than this, honestly. Like, it'll never be more. It'll just be like, they we keep thinking of them this way, which is that they're both really awesome and they both should win these awards. So just would remind everyone, like, we're in, like, not like a bubble with the Niners right now, but just the way the results played out, you are likely to think even more of them than is actually going to be true at the end of the year because of where we are in this exact moment in time right now. Like, even if they beat the Ravens, are they going to put up the same numbers? Other play, like the likelihood Dak, Josh Allen, and Tyreek all do zero this week, pretty low, just to be honest. So, like, the likelihood you get that run out again is really low. So, just would remind people of that. And in MVP, it may not matter. An MVP like he, Brock Purdy may just win, maybe too far ahead. If the Niners win, the numbers don't matter as much. What everyone else doesn't matter as much. I don't think McCaffrey enjoys the same lead in Offensive Player of the Year in terms of, of you know, in, in relation to MVP, where maybe Purdy can not play great, but if they win, he wins. If Tyreek, and this is all going to hinge on obviously whether he plays this weekend and how effective he is. And I don't know whether he's going to play or not. He started practicing. That's usually a pretty good sign. Uh, I don't know how effective he's going to be. I don't know what his numbers are going to be. It's all a big mystery. But I do think if he plays very well, at a minimum, this gets really interesting. And honestly, like he just maybe takes back the lead. Like, let's be real honest about what's going to happen. This was a market where he was way ahead before getting hurt. And McCaffrey had really good numbers at that point. It wasn't like he was doing nothing. He was the leading rusher in the league. He was second in rushing touchdowns. He had a lot of receiving yards. All those things were still true. Tyreek was ahead. People still talk about Tyreek like he's an MVP candidate. I think like if he can, like, and this is just going to be all it is, is does he play? How well does he play? That's it. That's like on all it is. I, I think... Uh, you know, teams often control their own destiny. We always phrase it that way. Like, well, if they win their games, they get in. Uh, I think Tyreek controls his own destiny. I honestly think no matter what McCaffrey does, if Tyreek breaks 2,000 yards and he does in one less game, and he has like monster games down the stretch here, and they're going to play in, a, again, recency bias. The Niners play in a big game Christmas night, and that can help McCaffrey. 
then they then they go away for a couple weeks basically and you know who doesn't go away the miami dolphins they play buffalo in an all-in game in the last week of the season where he will be going for a lot of history and that's gonna matter and baltimore he gets close in week 17 next week the ravens great point so like just the idea that yeah like I understand everybody loves McCaffrey right now and everybody loves Brock Purdy right now. And some of that's going to manifest itself in winning. Like, I'm not saying they're not going to win. Just, like, understand where we are in the season right now, what just happened, and that we have games more to go. And it doesn't have to be what it is right now. What it is right now is the Niners are a 10 out of 10 and everyone else is a zero. That's because of the the results. There, Look at the results we got from last week. Buffalo over Dallas in a snoozer. Eagles lose on Monday Night Football. Tyreek doesn't play. Like, could you imagine a situation that would create a stronger opinion than we have right now? Don't you don't want to look back? You want to look forward. Tyreek, if he again, if he plays, he's going to be in big enough games. He's going to have a huge spotlight. Everyone already still thinks he's awesome. Like, I think there's a lot of room here, honestly, for him to still win. So that's a long-winded explanation, to be fair, of the markets. But like, should you bet on anything? Like, to me, we're so close to the end, and the prices are close enough, right? Like, McCaffrey's a favorite, because Tyreek may not play very well, and he may re-injure, and he may, like, whatever. Like, great, so he can be a favorite. Like, what's the problem with that? I don't know if he's going to win or Tyreek's going to win, but, like, there's not a mistake there. Like, that's fine. There's no bet. Like, in order to bet that market confidently, you have to, like, know something about Tyreek's health that nobody knows. You have to, like, know that he's 100% and he's going to kill it. And then you would bet Tyree confidently in the market at that point. Like, no one knows the answer to that question. We're not going to know until the game happens and until he finishes the game without injuring himself. So that's, that's like, not really something that can happen. MVP-wise with McCaffrey, look, I mean, you're certainly going to get a bull case from a lot of people on television, but you already are. Uh, Kittle goes on Rich Eisen show and says McCaffrey should win. Purdy, like, as part of an answer about some, you know, sort of like making the case is like, oh yeah, like McCaffrey should win MVP. You're, you're getting that and that's getting bet. When push comes to shove, is it really going to happen? Like, are they really, are people really going to vote for a non-quarterback to win the award? Uh, just a tough case to make, honestly, without a, like, without a historic record setting kind of a season. That's not the season McCaffrey. He has a great year. Like, he's going to have an awesome season. It's not like the best of all time or something. And I, I think that's honestly what it would take for him to win. So I'm skeptical and I'm not betting him to win MVP as the price keeps dropping. If he wins, he wins. It can happen. I, I just don't think it's something worth betting right now. So to me, this is all like, it's insanely interesting. It's not a good betting opportunity, and there's a difference between the two. You better you bet here with Nick and Ken on a Thursday. Joey Kanish joins us next hour. We'll hit the other award markets in the National Football League. And um, I was hoping, just as a football fan, that uh, Dolphins-Ravens next week would get flexed to Sunday night. Um, apparently, the NFL has made the decision not to do that. Packers-Vikings, which is like, what, will be the Sunday night game next week. Dolphins-Ravens will be a 1 o'clock game. So you could have gotten the Tyreek Island game there, obviously. Have the game against Dallas this week. And then, like Ken telling you, probably for the division, Week 18 in the AFC East, win and in. Um, they'll both make the playoffs, win and win the at that point, you would think. Win and win the division in Week 18. Well, we'll see about Buffalo. Um, you mentioned 49ers bubble. If we were in 49ers bubble... What food and drink is served in 49ers bubble? Oh, like if it's a restaurant? Is that the idea? Or, or like you're in a place and it's Niners bubble. Is it like white wine oh. and cheese? That's like big in the Bay Area. Yeah, well, like wine, obviously, right? So like where, like where's like Napa in relation to the Bay Area? It's in, it's like out, it's in like the general San Francisco E area. Like it's in Northern right. California, not Southern. So like elitist wine 
And then, uh... Love... Uh, you know what? I was gonna say I love elitist wine, but, like, I don't get wine. Do you? So you could, like... <laughs> Do you love elitist wine? <laughs> like, uh, I, will, I like, can't I, tell the difference. My palate I can't either. Yeah. I can't either. I know right. that there's one wine that I like white because I had it in my honeymoon a bunch of times, and now, like, when I see it on the menu, I'll get it. But, like, sure. other than that, like, I know nothing. Like, I actually I know nothing. Like that. I, right? You got your, like, one or two, and it's, like, kind of makes you feel like you're in. Like, the, the sommelier comes over or whatever, and you're like, I'll have this. He's like, oh, excellent choice, sir. And you're like, I know. Yes. That's my yeah, one. It's like, yeah. That's yeah, how about this? How about like, this? Stop yeah. telling me my choice is excellent and go get it, garçon. <laughs> hey, wine clown, fetch my <laughs> hey, bottle. Hey, 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 <laughs> clown, go, 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 go do some tricks for me and pour, and pour the wine, sure. okay? It's, uh, yeah. <laughs> Less talk and more pouring. You, you, you smell the cork. I don't want to smell the cork. Uh, <laughs> I don't, what do they eat, though? I don't know. What do people have? Avocado toast. I don't know. What do people in the Bay Area I, See, I love, I have avocado toast like almost every day. You should just live in San Francisco. Why don't you guys live in the Bay Area? Yeah. Seems like, seems like you kind of fit in. I, I love, well, it's a, well, first off, like when, when the, the city's a disaster now, but like when the yeah. city's right, like it's, it's a, you ever been? Uh, yes, I, I have a uh, family lives in Mountain View where Google's headquarters is. Yeah. It is a, it is a magnificent city. Magnificent city. It's just, I mean, everything's really, really, is really elitist, really, really expensive, and, like, awesome. Oh, that's how, that sounds like Nick country to me. That sounds well, like I mean, I don't, well, Ken, I don't know if you knew this, but I already live in New York, so we got all I, that I understand. <laughs> I just, you know, as an alternative, why can't, yeah, later in life, coast-to-coast coast costos? Well, because, you know, there's, because, you know, as someone who despises paying the taxes that I pay in New York, can't oh, wait yeah. to go to California. It's going to be great. I'd say if I leave New York, if and when that ever happens, I'm going right back to Florida. Peace, everybody. Latest uh, suckers. Latest suckers. You should get the uh, get the Otani deal. Be like, but I, I want to, and I'm going to move and pay no taxes, and then you owe me a billion dollars. <laughs> I gotta tell you, the government's got some racket going on with this tax yeah. nonsense. Uh, hour number three on the other side. We'll start it talking more NFL awards. We'll get into coach of the year, comeback player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, all in hour number three. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM on the BetQL Network. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.